Greetings and welcome to the Rock Focus Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Hall. Today, we are delving into it. Avengers Endgame is upon us. The 21st or 22nd installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I thought that instead of recapping all the previous 20-something films, I would instead talk about some great films that the actors from the Avengers have done in their earlier work or some great performances that you may have missed that I would like to recommend to you. So let's delve right into it. Let's go with Mr. Iron Man himself, Robert Downey Jr. I've enjoyed Robert Downey Jr.'s work since watching Weird Science as a kid. There are two performances that have always stuck out as two of my favorites. The first one is from, is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang from 2005. It was directed by Shane Black, as you know, also directed Iron Man 3. He's also responsible for writing Lethal Weapon and some of those great action movies. It is a cleverly witty buddy movie in which Robert Downey Jr. plays a petty thief who's posing as an actor and then gets paired up with a private investigator played by Val Kilmer, known as Gay Perry. They uh, get caught up in a murder investigation with his high school crush, played by Michelle Monaghan, and then hilarity ensues, more or less. It's just very funny, very witty. They, uh, It's a great film that I think went under the radar when it originally came out in the theaters. I don't think it lasted very long. I actually didn't catch it till it came out on DVD for rental and caught it then and then was kind of upset that I didn't see it in theaters because it was that great of a movie. So I would definitely recommend that one if you like uh, those type of like buddy cop movies, especially if you like Lethal Weapon. It has not only humor, but does have a lot of action in it. And it's Robert Downey Jr. being very Robert Downey Jr. with his wit and his charisma. And actually a really good performance from Val Kilmer as well that I also really enjoyed. The next one is definitely one of my favorites. It's Chaplin from 1992. I had never seen a Charlie Chaplin movie. I had seen clips and uh, things like that, but I'd never actually watched a Chaplin movie, nor had I actually known much about him, but I was very interested in seeing this film. So when the movie came out, I went and saw it in theaters. I loved it when I first saw it then. I re- I've rewatched it since, and just I still really enjoy it. I think Robert Downey Jr.'s performance was mind-blowing, because it is one thing to dress up like Chaplin, but it's another to be able to pull off the physicality of Chaplin. And I believe he really pulled it off. I think he really dug into the character, to the actual person of Chaplin, as well as the person Chaplin was, perfa- was uh, portraying on screen. I think it really brought him to life. And I, and again, I rewatched this movie, and it's got it's a host of various different uh, character actors that you have seen in all kinds of films. And I think it's definitely worth watching. If you haven't watched it before, you don't have to be a fan of Charlie Chaplin to enjoy this movie. Or even a fan of uh, biopics. I generally tend to like uh, a good biopic with, you know, with the knowledge knowing that not all of it may be true, that, you know, there are some liberties that are taken for dramatic effect uh, as in in order to enhance the movie and make it better but the story itself was a, was 
okay, but I just really enjoyed Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. It just he just really lit up the screen, and it's something that was he's not wasn't really known for, and it's also kind of a resurgence for him because his as the '90s kind of came along, those '80s movies that he had been known for, like Johnny Be Good, Less Than Zero, and even one of my other personal favorites, uh, Weird. Well, not Weird Science, but uh, the pickup artist with Mar- with Molly Ringwald. Those type of roles, he have he was uh, as the nineties kind of came on, new actors were kind of coming to the forefront, and he was starting to kind of get lesser known parts. This one, I think, brought him to the forefront and helped give him the extra push. The movie itself got Oscar nominations. And I just really think that if you like Robert Downey Jr. in a more dramatic type role and not being Mr. Super Charismatic like in Iron Man or like in Sherlock Holmes, you want something kind of different to see what he can do, I would recommend watching this movie. So that kind of, those are the, my two picks for Robert Downey Jr. Now to move on, let's talk about Chris Evans, Captain America. Also, my favorite Avenger, um, both on screen and as well in, as in comic books. I've enjoyed Chris Evans's work since I saw him in a movie called Not Another Teen Movie, which is a funny spoof movie about high school movies. Just your any movie about coming of age, high school type movies. This movie kind of spoofed it. Anything from American Pie to really just about every every high school Breakfast Club. All those type of movies. It's Lucas. I mean, just some of those ones from the 80s that in Varsity Blues, that they definitely made a uh, several jokes at their behest. Anyways, I think it's a guilty pleasure for sure. It's funny. He plays the jock that seems to know everything. The good-looking jock that always gets the girl. He plays that one. He's And I just, I don't know. I really liked his role in that. I liked the movie itself. Um, he's one of the few actors that had uh, previously been in a terrible superhero movie only to get a second chance to play a different superhero and redeem himself. He, of course, played the Human Torch in the first Fantastic Four movie and also, as well as Rise of the Silver Surfer. The other, one, the other two being Michael B. Jordan, who, like Evans, also played the Human Torch from the Fantastic Four, from the most recent Fantastic Four, and they went on to play Killmonger and Black Panther, and delivered just an amazing performance in that role. And then lastly, of course, is Ryan Reynolds, who also originally was the Green Lantern, and has since gone on to become to be Deadpool, and I think everybody agrees, and he's even made several jokes about having about the debacle of playing Green Lantern. So that kind of was a little side riff on that, but I kind of wanted to bring it up though. A few years back when uh, he wasn't being Captain America, Evans was in an independent film that was called Before We Go. It's a small movie where Evans plays a street musician who helps a woman that Mr. Train try and get back home. Through their adventures, they each confide in their in each other, uh, their secrets of their past. They end up forging a romance. I really enjoyed it. I don't, I kind of like a nice little movie, small independent film that's more of a character study and also has a little romance involved. It's as long as the chemistry is there. I really 
That was good to see Evans do something different than action. He's also, he also directed the movie as well. So anytime I've noticed, at least when actors tend to or decide to direct, they usually fo- the movie's focus is usually on the characters than it is the actual story. So you get to see the characters be developed more. And you kind of have empathy and you actually care about the characters as far as far as just going from point A to point B in the story. So I definitely would suggest if you like, you know, a small little indie film like that, I would suggest watching it. And then lastly, from 2012 or 2010, excuse me, is The Losers with which is also uh, based on a vertical comic series. Evans plays a wisecracking tech uh the wisecracking tech guy of a uh, named Jensen in this ragtag group of covert ops. The movie is a fun action movie where Evans can shine as the comic relief. The movie also stars two other Marvel Cinematic Universe cast members, Idris Elba and Zoe Saldana. I like this movie. It's a good action movie. It's not the best, but it's good. It's fun. It's funny. He really... He really is the comic, like he's the comic relief. To me, he's the reason why I watched that movie. Because otherwise, it kind of reminds me too much of the A-Team, because it kind of came around, they both came out around the same time. But I think it's Evans' performance that really kind of helped have it shine. Jeffrey Dean Morgan was also in it, and, uh, and did a fine job as well. Jason Patrick played the bad guy. It was, you know, he played not your kind of kitschy, uh, you know, two-dimensional bad guy. He tried to add something to it. It just, I mean, it was fine. It was fine. But I, I really enjoyed Evans and The Losers. Moving on, next to Chris Hemsworth. Most of this Chris's early work is from Australian television. He did star as Captain Kirk's father in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek reboot. And that's, it was right after our, Seeing his role as Captain Kirk, I'm like, oh, that's the guy that cast as Thor? Okay, that should be interesting. And he was only in the movie for like five minutes, two scenes maybe. So I, I wasn't quite sure. And then when uh, Thor came out, I'm like, all right, yeah, I like him. I dig it. So in 2013, Chris Hemsworth did a movie called Rush, directed by Ron Howard. It's a racing movie about the 70s rivalry between Chris Hemsworth's versus James Hunt and Captain America Civil War villain Daniel Bruhl's character Nikki Lada. The movie is a great character study and shows that Hemsworth can do more than just be Thor. He really turned in a great dramatic performance that I really enjoyed. The, the movie itself I actually was surprised with. Um, it was another one that I watched as a rental that... I was kind of interested, but not super excited about. Then after watching it, I just found that I really enjoyed it. It had some great, the racing scenes are, are done really well. Found that I really enjoyed it. I think that it would be, it would be a great movie to see on the big screen, but it services just well at home as a rental. If you could find it, I would definitely recommend seeing that movie. And then next is going to be, the next one I would like to recommend for Mr. Chris Hemsworth is a movie from 2015 called In the Heart of the Sea. It's another Ron Howard movie. 
This time it's about the story of Moby Dick, which to me didn't sound that exciting either, which is why, again, I didn't see it in a theater. I watched it on cable and find, found out, I was like, okay, yeah, this isn't bad. It's a lot better than I was expecting. It wasn't just, I thought it'd be more action oriented. Uh, at least that's what the trailer kind of perceived it as. And it turned out to be more of a dramatic uh, movie with just some action in it. Hemsworth uh, really exercises his acting chops in this movie and uh, playing the captain going after just going on a whale whaling not adventure but he's a captain of a ship that goes and kills whales brings them back to port and use so they can use the uh, blubber and use the oil from it also in the movie uh, is spider-man himself tom holland the story about going in just going after just going on a, just going hunting essentially and then coming across this ginormous whale that is supposed to be Moby Dick is interesting because it shows not it differs from the book Moby Dick itself but it kind of shows that it is man versus nature or man versus beast more more than anything and the willingness of what it would take to survive this sort of encounter to get back home it it i do find myself re-watching it mainly for hemsworth's performance not necessarily just for the story because again the story itself is okay but how he portrays the captain in this i thought was really well done it wasn't just two-dimensional he tried to give some depth to it and try to show that there's just more than just, you know, being the action guy. Next, I want to move on to Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner. I've enjoyed Jeremy, Jeremy Renner as an actor since I saw him in the movie SWAT from at least 2003, 2004. The movie's a fun action movie that I always enjoy watching. It's definitely on my guilty pleasure list. If it's on, I will definitely watch it. It's just fun. It's a fun action movie. I don't, it's not meant to be, and I know it's one of those movies, it's just not meant to be anything more than that. It's just meant to be a good, fun action movie. And with a really good soundtrack as well. I do enjoy the soundtrack a lot. So next I want to talk about The Hurt Locker from 2008. To me, this is Jeremy Renner's best performance so far in anything I've seen him in. He plays a soldier in the bomb squad during the Iraq war. His performance of, it seems as though he has a death wish and he's not sure if he actually does or not. And he has to fight his, I guess, inner demon, so to speak. And the way he just shows emotion without saying anything is just amazing. It, you can see what he's thinking without him actually saying anything. It's just, it's amazing. He's definitely a real tour de force in this film. He shows how war changes people and the toll it takes on them. Also starring in, in the film with him is Falcon himself, Anthony Mackie. One thing when kind of doing an outline and looking into all these movies that I picked out, there's a lot of overlap between other Marvel characters that show up. 
And I think that just shows how many, how amazing these actors are and how long they've, and also how long they've been around. And then lastly, the most recent movie would be, is going to be uh, Wind River from 2017, starring as a hunter who assists an FBI agent played by Scarlet Witch, Elizabeth Olsen, who is investigating a murder on a Wyoming Native American reservation. The movie is intense and dramatic, and both Olsen and Renner give amazing performances. It's very amazing. The film itself is shot beautifully. There's a the scope of it is just gorgeous. The acting's great. The story is spot on the way that Taylor Sheridan decided to direct. Both Renner and Olsen really shined. The next character is Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. First thing I want to talk about is going to be Ghost World from 2001. A quirky movie about two high schoolers about to graduate and don't know what to do with their lives post-graduation. They befriend a 40-something guy named Seymour who shares the same interest. Johansson's friend, played by Thora Birch, begins to alienate her best friend and Seymour. It's a quirky coming-of-age story that gives us a glimpse into what kind of actress Scarlett Johansson will become. It's very... Oh, it's quirky. I really don't know how to best describe it. I just really enjoy it. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember watching it and thinking, I really like this movie. And it kind of had, to me, it had like a little bit of a John Waters feel to it and its quirkiness. But it's also kind of a smaller independent film that not a whole lot of people, I think, know about. Then there's Lost in Translation from 2003. 2003 was a good year for Scarlett Johansson. She was not only in this film, but was also in the film, the movie Girl with a Pearl Earring, which she received some buzz for her role in that film. Even though Lost in Translation shows Murray's acting chops in a dramatic role, it also shows how well Scarlett Johansson can hold her own against such an amazing actor like Bill Murray. She was like a great balance and not really played the straight person to Bill Murray's comedic part, but was to me just as her performance was just as good as his and I think deserved and rightfully so. It it really uh it took me a while to actually see this movie. I didn't I don't know why. I just it I didn't see it when it came out. I didn't see it when it got all the all the buzz uh when it was released. I just ended up catching it later on for one reason or another and just found myself really enjoying it. I would certainly watch it again. And then the last one I want to cover is going to be for Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo has been some of the best movies in the past 20 years. Everything from Ang Lee's Ride with the Devil to David Fincher's Zodiac to The Kids Are Alright and Foxcatcher and notably Spotlight and one of my other favorite ones, Infinitely Polar Bear. But the two I'm actually going to talk about is You Can Count On Me from from 2000. This is the first movie that introduced me to Mark Ruffalo. He was amazing playing the deadbeat brother that returns home to help Laura Lenny raise her eight-year-old son. Laura Lenny plays her older brother, or older sister, in the film. It's a touching movie that, with 
that had some stirring performances. Anytime I think of Mark Ruffalo, I think of this movie. I'm not sure why. I just think about how well he was in this, and I didn't really know who the actor was at the time. And just found his performance just to be really, just really good. And I just was like, wow, I really like this movie. And I think the reason why is because of Mark Ruffalo. And I do like Laura Winnie as an actress, but I think I like the way Mark Ruffalo approached this role. It really brought something to it to make it to make it seem like this person likes or would be somebody you would know either one of your friends or one of your family members it's just he played it like so real and so natural and that's the mark of a good actor right there and the second one is eternal sunshine from the spotless eternal sunshine of the spotless mind from 2004 this again is another one of those kind of quirky films that i think a lot of people either liked or hated i don't think there's really much middle ground for something like this it starred jim carrey and kate winslet but mark ruffalo was also in a in more of a supporting role mark uh the director michael gondry really i think helped bring something uh extra out for ruffalo in the supporting role I thought that it stood out, plus his hair looks really crazy, and I think it prepared him for his role as Bruce Banner, because uh, he, he played a scientist who was in charge, one of the ones in charge of helping Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet erase their memories of each other from their relationship, and it was... It was just kind of a, it's a role that I hadn't really seen him play before, and it seemed definitely different from anything else I've seen him do since. And I just really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed the movie itself, too. So I would definitely, if you haven't seen it or haven't watched it in a while, I'd definitely go and revisit that one. So, but that concludes my recommendations and movies that I really enjoyed from the characters, the cast members of the Avengers. I thought that would be something different to do. The only thing I'll actually even say about Avengers Endgame is that it was really good. I mean, it's it is what it uh, it's it was going to be good. It's Marvel hasn't made a bad one out of these uh the last 20 movies. It wraps up everything from every other movie. I don't think you need to see all of them. I think it helps, obviously. I think you do have to see Infinity War because Endgame is essentially a two-parter. I mean, it's the second part of Infinity War. So you do have to see that. But to have... But I don't think you have to go back and rewatch all the other previous movies to understand what's going on. It will definitely help. It'll give context and it'll help... It'll, spark, it'll make you laugh at some of the more... Easter eggs, inside jokes from the previous movies. And that's really all I'm going to say about it. I mean, it was very well done. It does wrap things up. And that's it. I'm not going to give any spoilers or talk about any more than that. It's just enjoyable. It's good. Everybody talks about it being three hours long and how are you going to sit through a three-hour movie. Pretty sure I've sat through all three Lord of the Rings. And I've also sat through Titanic. All of those are three hours. 
never had a problem then. I don't see why I would have a problem now. And it made it just fine. It didn't even feel like three hours. There, I've sat through movies that are an hour and a half long that felt like three hours. And there's, yeah. So, let's see. Let's go into talking about new releases. What's coming out this week that everybody will probably still be going to see in-game either for the first time or going back and seeing it for the second time. But for those that aren't, or want some counter-programming to it, the first one is going to be Longshot. It stars Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. And this, uh, it's directed by Jonathan Levine. He directed fit the movie 50-50 with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen. And then he also directed Warm Bodies, the zombie movie with Nicholas Holt. And he directed the movie Snatched with uh, Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn. Long shot's about Charlie Theron's a is running for president, and Seth Rogen is a speechwriter that Charlie Theron used to babysit for him, and she was his first crush. And he ends up getting hired as her speechwriter, and then they ended up they end up you know, sparks fly and all that, and it looks humorous. It looks it looks funny. I I hope it'll be good. The next one is The Intruder. The trailer for this made it look okay. It looks like it'll be like it would be a good a good rental or wait for it to come on streaming. Uh, it's not really one I would think I would rush out to go see. It stars Michael Ely in Making Good with Dennis Quaid. It's directed by Dion Taylor, who uh, directed the movie Meet the Blacks, which I believe is a spoof. Of movies like The Purge and those type of movies. The Intruder is about a couple that moves into a house and that Dennis Quaid used to live in, but I believe his wife passed either passed away or was murdered, and they keep finding him coming back to the house. And it's supposed to be a thriller. It looks fine. It's not one I run rush out to watch though. And then lastly. Ugly Dolls, the first kids movie of the summer, so to speak. It stars Kelly Clarkson, Nick Jonas, Janelle Monet, Blake Shelton, Pitbull, Ice-T, and a host of other musicians. It's directed by Kelly Asbury, who directed movies, who directed the movies Shrek 2, Nomeo Juliet, and Smurfs, The Lost Village. So she has a lot of experience directing kids movies, kids animated movies at that. It, it's definitely, it looks, it doesn't look super great. I think it'll be fine. I will be going. I have a four and a half year old daughter that wants to see this, so I will be going. And it does have Kelly Clarkson's voice, and I am a Kelly Clarkson fan, so I will, I'll be going too. So I will keep you posted on that one. I'll let you know my thoughts on that movie after, after we go see that. But for right now, I believe that's it for this first inaugural episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please check out the Facebook fan page and the website that I'll have a link on. And until the next episode, have fun at the movies.